Wow. As entrepreneurs, we want to make things happen. And that's why we're here at AES Nation is to share some of the best ideas. And in an earlier podcast, I had the opportunity to interview Vern Harnish, uh, who is a phenomenal uh, entrepreneurial guru. He has a company called Gazelle. It's all focused on helping entrepreneurs who are accelerating 30% or more a year. And he's in one of my CEO groups, uh, Joe Polish's Genius Network Mastermind. And I've gotten to know Vern and, and just watch so many of the entrepreneurs that were working with him uh, have huge success that I had to start doing it. I hired him to come to speak to my mastermind group uh, after reading his book, Scaling Up, and just was really blown away. But uh, one of the things that's, you know, you, you work with these top, top gurus. Uh, they're running so hard and everything. I asked Vern, how could I really get into the details, particularly of some of the most important strategies and tactics? And he goes, John, you got to get together with our next speaker. He's a remarkable entrepreneur in his own right, but what I loved, I spent a day with him just on executing this. And in one area, Vern talked about four areas. You know, people, obviously, very important strategy, execution. But one that's near and dear to the heart of every entrepreneur is cash. And I got to tell you, uh, in this one workshop, this is a guy who's been in financial services, has started all kinds of businesses along the way, sold them, bought them, uh, been involved in over 50 transactions. Some simple items that are going to be critical, that are going to increase your cash pretty substantial. I mean, really, in an hour, unbelievable. So uh, hang in there, join us. You do not want to miss this conversation. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com David, David Chavez, I am so happy that you could join us here today. Uh, thank you, John. Glad to be here. I mean, you've got a, a tremendous background in your own right, and you're, you're leading a lot of educational programs. I'm going to ask you to go to that in the backstory. But where it really hit me, I was in San Francisco, I, I think we we're maybe a month, two months ago, we were together. And you walked me through uh, how to think about cash a little bit better. And I think I identified somewhere around $500,000 of additional cash we could generate uh, which is for every entrepreneur that's got a fast growing business. I mean, it's just, you know, wow. And then I, I came back and uh, showed it to my CFO, my COO, and immediately looking at one form that we're going to share with all the listeners. He's going, John, you know, you're missing a couple of things. Let me just show you one. This simple thing would be 50,000 more. And, and we're going to talk about specifics. So, uh, and, you know, I, I Everybody, I mean, depending where you are in business, I mean, this could be worth millions of dollars of additional cash. So this is a big deal. Uh, David, so first of all, thank you really for being willing to share you know, some brilliant, hard-learned insights. Uh, you're welcome. Glad to. You know, one of the things I always love doing is getting a little bit of backstory, David, because everybody, you know, how, how did, you know, you didn't wake up at, you know, I always say, you know, at five going cash is king. <laughs> we got to preserve it. Uh, how did you get to where you are? Well, um, after college, I, um, 
I went to work with Arthur Anderson, worked with Arthur Anderson for about five years, spreading gaming, uh, gaming, and that's because uh, I'm from Las Vegas, so the gaming in the gaming sense of uh, gambling, uh, spread it throughout the world during the time. I um, was very fortunate to be there. It was a high growth time period. Uh, I learned a lot of valuable information, Did, worked on five IPOs while I was there. Um, so I got a lot of really good insight on how cash works and how businesses operate and what makes them successful. Went on to work for a wealthy family, buying and selling companies and um, taking care of all their financial needs from a wealthy family standpoint. And then started my own CPA firm that I grew and um, sold off about seven years ago before I became a Gazelle certified coach. No, that's great. I mean, it, you know, one of the things I always love as an entrepreneur, you know, if I'm going to work with outside, you know, consultants, advisors, strategists, you know, I love them to have walked the talk. I mean, it's one thing that I read a good book and now I'm going to show you how to execute. Uh, you know, it's almost like learning how to play baseball by PowerPoint. It just doesn't seem to work. But uh, it was really clear when you started presenting that you've gone through these life lessons and, and even more importantly, guided many firms of scale through this. So, you know, let's dive in, David. I mean, you know, when I look at it, uh, one of the things that really resonated with me in the book is Vern starts, there's a chart where there's 28 million businesses. And he keeps on going through these valleys of death. And I think at 50 million of revenue, it's about 17,000. And you know, if we go to public companies, I think there's around 5,000 uh, in the US. So, I mean, there's a lot of valleys of death. And many of our listeners or viewers here at AES Nation feel like, hey, I'm in the middle of the valley of death right now. I've, you know, I've made that one point where you know i've now got a million of revenue five million ten million a hundred million or so on and going to that next level is just it's really hard and cash <laughs> gets eaten up during these valleys i mean well, kind of give that whole perspective because you've written some blog uh, articles on this as well um yeah and this is really important i think um in the growing a business and i i definitely have learned this from being there and done that um there's nothing like being a cpa and almost going broke <laughs> um and the feeling of uh i i always say unless you lie awake at night and staring at the ceiling and you wake up at two o'clock in the morning and you have no cash and you have a hundred thousand dollar payroll tomorrow you have no idea what that's like unless you've done it so um, unfortunately, I was there at one time and well, I did it. I've done it a couple of times early on in one very successful investment firm with my partner who was a CPA and had a similar background to yours. And there were two other partners. And we, I, I just, you know, we had decent net worth and we had gone through most of our cash and the business was growing at 70%. And that's why the, your conversation so resonated with me because, hey, we were, you know, we were a darling. I mean, represented by a whole bunch of the, great uh, you know, professionals. We had investment bankers chasing us and we had no cash. And it, you know, it just, uh, we were, I, I'll just leave it that it was, it was uh, one of the most exciting periods of my life and scary periods as well. We ended up selling for a lot of money, but it, it, uh, it could have changed overnight had we not really done some of the lessons that you shared. Uh, yeah, and, and that's my goal today is is to help entrepreneurs 
not go through the problems that I ended up going through and help them through those lessons. And where I where it was really valuable for me is I was one of the early adopters of the Gazelle system when it first came out and Vern first introduced it. And it changed my firm and changed my world. And uh, I think one of the tools that resonated with me most was the, the cash sheet that we have. And um, it's, it's the cash conversion cycle. And so well, let me just pull it up, uh, David, and, and we're going to share with you at the end uh, how you can get. I mean, one of the things I was so impressed with Gazelle is that all uh, they open source. I mean, not only in English, but almost every language of business. Uh, these forms are available. And, you know, we're talking about the very top here, the uh, cash conversion cycle, you know, A being sales B being uh, make production inventory cycle, C delivery cycle, and D billing payment cycle. And uh, this form is just, it's, it's remarkably simple, but really powerful. Yeah, um, so it's the time you um, spend a dollar till the time you get the dollar back. So it's that gap of time that goes by in that. And what makes the form so powerful, it's like as a CPA, so I'd helped a lot of people with cash. I'd helped a lot of people with improving their financial position. But looking at this form and the simplicity of it blew my mind the first time I, uh, I looked at it. And what it, what it does is it really shows you the areas you need to be focusing on to get your cash in line. So what's the time I spend a dollar till the time I get a dollar back? Businesses need to understand that time gap. And that's really critical. If I'm turning a dollar three times in one year, how do I turn it four times in one year? I can eliminate the mistakes in my cycles. I can speed up the cycles or I can improve my business model. And that's actually on the form over to the far right columns of the form. So when I'm going through each cycle, I want to think about those things. So the first first thing is the sales cycle. So in the sales cycle, you have um, you th got to think about it in a way of how do I speed up that cycle? If 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 my cycle is nine months to, to, if I'm a service business and to sell a client, um, it takes me that long from the time I introduce to them till the time I get them on as a client of mine. I have to figure out how to speed up the cycle and how I do that is start to think about what is holding them up from working with me? What's stopping them from working with me and not purchasing from me? And I have to be brutally honest with myself. And that, um, so in that conversation, I have to figure out what's holding them up. And so that's improving my model. What information do they need that I'm not giving in the selling process that they may need to help them make the buying decision faster? Yeah, and, and David, let me give you some examples of this too, because uh, you know I, I'm, I'm sitting in the workshop and you know, we, we consult for some, you know, some of the biggest financial service firms and the most successful financial advisors as well as we have another group on the entrepreneurial side. And, but it was really hitting me um, as I went through this because you think of you know, the client pathing that we all have and as we're doing it, how it works and you know, it, it comes together, it, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And if we could shorten some of the marketing sales cycle, so you, know, you gave the example of a nine-month uh, cycle, I mean, what value would it have if we 
cut maybe two months out of that. You know, how hard would that be? I mean, all that, I mean, the cash that would free up uh, because of that is huge. And, you know, what could we do, for example, to incentivize people to make earlier decisions? How could we help? You know, usually you get a champion inside the corporate. Are there some tools that you could have to be able to provide those insights? So often we're, you know, whether you're doing professional services or widgets, they're going ahead and they, you sell someone, but they have to sell a group. And they're not gonna be as good a salespeople as your best salespeople. So you start identifying the tools, the methodology, the offer, how you can make it more irresistible to accelerate it. And you know, this is something, David, I mean, I saw the, you know, we were in a workshop of maybe about 20 of us and you know, everybody's writing down because you know, once they started, they hadn't thought of it that way. And you just pointed out the value. I mean, this is a simple concept, but it's, it, the value is pretty vague. Right. And, and it's not it's so it's like I lived in the accounting world for years where we wanted to make this real complicated. Right. And it's not complicated. It's just being brutally honest with yourself that this is where your clients are getting hung up on making the buying decision. And when they don't buy from you, ask them where they're hung up why they're not buying. And then when they say, oh, it's because uh, they make up an explanation, say, no, really, why? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and what I always find is you do why at least three times and it's usually, okay, let me tell you the truth here at this point. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, as we're focused on these cycles, we're trying to accelerate them. I mean, we've got the sales cycle, we've got the, uh, let me put it up on screen here. We, you know, we've got the production and inventory type. Uh, you know, I mean, and it's going to depend. I, I'm in a service business, and we were just thinking, you know, having, because we're growing so much, having the virtual bench of uh, new uh, contractors in our case, but also, you know, deciding on a product a development. You know, how much are we going to do over the time period? Delivery cycles, uh, you know, making sure a consistent experience to get the result and how can we, you know, make it happen quicker. And then uh, billing, I mean, it was just, this was one, uh, it was kind of interesting because we're a virtual company. Um, you know, sometimes I worry that people don't think, uh, you know, we're capable, you know, we don't have the big office building. So they go, geez, am I going to get paid right away? Well, we pay instantly. I mean, everybody's paid within five business days. And, you know, most of our larger vendors, I mean, I think they could care less. And by just making my CFL goes, John, if we did 30 days, it'd be 100,000 to 150,000 of cash, maybe a little more than that even. And it was like, oh, we should think about this stuff too. I, I want to pay my small independent contractors. They really appreciate because so many of their big businesses take 60 days to pay them. But, you know, again, just uh, without the, the sheet and this discussion that you led, um, I mean, I think you created probably in that room uh, an extra 10 million of cash, if not more, sitting around. <laughs> yeah, because we have a couple of pretty large companies in there, and they were writing pretty aggressively just because you're getting out of your way of thinking. Because um, it's, it's that concept of being in the business and not taking a step back out of the business and looking at it from the outside in. So... Well, and, it, and it's challenging to do. So. Well, you know, so help me out. So we, we're, we're, we want to have more cash so that we can get through the valley of death. Got that. Okay, we're going to speed up all these cycles. Um, you know, how, 
how would you recommend to your fellow entrepreneurs who are listening to us on the podcast or maybe they're on one of the video uh, podcasts or at AESNation.com, how, how would they um, execute on this with their team? Um, so first of all, you'd go to the gazelles.com website and you would download the cash form. So that would be the first step. Um, read the book in the cat there in the scaling up book. There's a section on the form that tells how to utilize the form, um, and it's, it covers it very well. Um, I, I like to put it in a little more a simpler English, and then maybe watching this podcast again would probably be a good way to get started with it, just to get their thinking correctly. So let's go to the production and the inventory cycle. So it could be simple things that people discount the importance of. It's never the big things that seem to cause the cash problems because we're thinking about those. It could be inventory that, hey, we brought on a new product and we haven't realigned our inventory in our warehouse and we're having to go clear across the warehouse to get a product that we shouldn't be having to go clear across the warehouse every time an order comes in to get that product and we're wasting five minutes doing that. Um, that, that's where uh, um, lean comes in, in in that section. Lean is probably a very effective tool to use in speeding up that cycle. Eliminating mistakes uh, in the inventory cycle, sending the wrong product to a customer. How much does that really cost a business? You know, um, uh, it's, it's huge. And I mean, we were talking about on our side because we're, you know, we're virtual and, um, you know, we're testing products. And a lot of times we're testing and we're, we're really putting a lot into it to kind of over deliver and you know a lean concept of the um, the minimum viable product and it's not to shortchange the client at all but to really you know test the market and by doing that yeah you, know, you can cut down production time dramatically right so it works even in production too because if your line is lined up correctly and you're not wasting time moving product in between the lines um, you can really save some time and money in that space too and then you go on to delivery um, so for you and I delivery is a huge thing uh, a lot more complicated than I think people um, believe in the service business I think people think that oh I just deliver the service well, I'm always thinking to myself, how do I get my clients to use the Gazelle systems and the tools faster? Because if they can use them faster, they'll be more successful quicker. And so I'm always going through that as like, um, how do I speed up my delivery cycle? So a colleague of mine, not a colleague in the Gazelle system, but in the coaching world, he comes to me, goes, if you speed up the cycle, you're not going to make as much money. No, I'll make more money because I'll have more customers because we'll do, be doing a better job with many more customers. So if you look at it the right way, you'll, you're, you're accomplishing a better uh, thing all the way around. And even in the financial services world, I have a lot of experience in it because being in the CPA for years, it's how do I deliver what my clients need, the return they need quicker so that they feel comfortable working with well, and, me. And in the, because I have other research in this space as well as a lot of other entrepreneurial spaces, I mean, most businesses, uh, it's 50, you know, service related, it's 50% of new business comes from referrals. And, you know, one of the big things in going ahead and, you know, taking care of this delivery cycle and making it more valuable so they get results is 
boy, your ability to, to really have that grow your business is huge. You've got to be referable. And if you're not delivering a great experience and yeah, stretching out in a consulting, so our consulting engagements are one month older, uh, longer, uh, you know, sounds like, well, that would generate more revenue. Yeah, no, it won't. It, you know, if you can get people results immediately, they're going to write a big check to you and they're going to sing your praises and share your stories with their business associates and friends. So can you, can, I'll share something I've learned in this business, you know, cause I've, I feel we're in a similar type of business cause we're offering services. When you're offering services, find out your client's expectations up front. It's different for every single person you're dealing with. And when I find those, that, that expectation out up front, I can deliver it faster. And so that's where I always focus my time and attention is, is the, what are they expecting from me and how do I give it to them quickly? And what I, what I share with my clients is, is look, if you don't get a hundred percent return on your investment, the first three months you're working with me, don't work with me anymore. Where do I start? This sheet that we're going over right here, you said there was uh, millions of dollars probably in the workshop that we had 20 people in. That's a very common way to help them get their a really good return on their investment of coming to a, a workshop that we yeah, do. No, it, it, there's no question that's a huge value. Uh, and, and I think that's the part, you know, if you can give value early in the process, you know, no matter whether you're selling widgets or professional services and then over deliver, uh, you know, it, it just works so well. But as we're going down the cycle, you know, the last part is the billing and payment cycle. And where are you seeing, David, that companies are getting smarter in this? Um, they're using technology, um, using emails for invoicing, um, using emails to follow up. Um, but I, I think that in the email world, we've forgotten some of the basic things. And what I mean by that is, is that when I go into a company and they're having trouble collecting, most of the time they're not picking up the phone and making a phone call. That human interaction still has a lot of weight in it. Um, we're all so buried in email anymore. Just picking up the phone call, I'll just say, just start getting somebody to call. Just getting people to call. I have a client that just uh, went through this process and um, they collected over half of their outstanding um, receivables and some of them were over six months old. The people just didn't know and they said, well, we've been emailing. They said, oh, well, I didn't see your email. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I'm always amazed on that because we, we have a very, I don't know the exact dates that we call, but we do call and we've got one of our senior people that actually make the calls uh, you know, on anything material. And it's just amazing how often we get it within a day or two of the call, even though, you know, there's been a steady, uh, you know, exchange and everybody can do it electronically now. They're, it's just not happening. And, and, and that call, that touch to speed it up is just so important. The other thing that, um, you know, I, as I was looking on this, you know, we were talking and I saw a number of the other guys at my table. We we're going, geez, all of a sudden we started thinking, you know, how inelastic or elastic our pricing was in our business models. And, you know, because that would make a difference in cash or the terms that we're, we're doing, you know, whether we want lump sum or in some of our businesses we're doing monthly payments. And there's different ways of incentivizing that. And, and that really caused a lot of discussion. 
Right. Uh, uh, so we have a sheet also in the Gazelle's system where we use, it's called the power of one. And it's, now, it, let me put it up on screen. Right? This too, was one of those that I looked at and I'm like, whoa, there's some good ideas here. Yeah, um, want to go back to the other sheet just for a second while you're pulling up that one. And I just wanted to say, like in the billing statement cycle, when we're talking about picking up the phone and calling. So when I have this conversation with executive teams, I get uh, the the most common answer I get is we're doing that. Okay. Um, well, when I dig a little further, um, they may not be doing it exactly the way they believe they're doing it. And so it's always good to, to go back and evaluate how it's being done, too. Well, and I think one of the mistakes, I was, actually I had a call with one of my teammates uh, just before getting on this one, where there was something that was broken. Um, I have, I'm CEO of these, you know, I've got a few companies, and I thought it was being done this way. And lo and behold, it's not. Yes. <laughs> and the difference is material. So, you know, shame on me, shame on the senior team that, you know, and this happens. And this is where, you know, just some of these little exercises, working with someone like yourself to kind of go, go through this, I mean, can be so valuable. Yeah, and that's, I think people often ask me, why do I need a coach? You know, I think people think they ask themselves all the questions, but, um, we're there just to help you uh, maybe identify some of the questions you're not asking yourself. And again, yeah, we're doing that. Okay, you're doing it, but what does doing it mean? How are you doing it? No, and I, and I know, uh, I mean, one, I'm a big believer in coaching. Uh, I, I've had a number of businesses prior to this. Last 10 years, I've had a coaching organization. And I, I'll tell you, uh, uh, the best example, I mean, I've hired along the way. It's made many millions of dollars uh, for, you know, really myself as well as the businesses I've been involved seeing the material difference impact we've had on clients, particularly in the financial services side, that's been worth millions, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars. But, you know, it, it's kind of, um, you know, I, I'm just turning 60 this year and, you know, I've got to get, you know, stay in shape and it's a little more work and all that other stuff. And I'm one of those guys that if I could pay someone to do a really good workout for me and it would you know help me <laughs> i would i am not a guy i you know i like sports going and playing and doing skiing and all this other stuff and golf and all that but i wouldn't do it i have a trainer come over to a gym that we have at our house uh you know twice to three times a week depending on travel and all that and the reason i do it is not he's not teaching me anything new i know all this stuff but that little bit of difference has made a huge difference in my health. And it's the same with our businesses. Yeah, um, I, you know, I have a coach too. And I, 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 people often ask me, why do you have a coach? I have a coach because I need a coach. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things where I, every time I don't have one, I'm not as productive as I could be. And so, so it goes back to that. But I, I, I think you have the power of one up on the screen. Now. I do. Let me put it up because I want to make sure we go. Why don't you touch on that? Uh, because this is, you know, it's a, the simple 1% changes in varying things, you know, the power of impact. And, you know, kind of walk us through how you see some of your entrepreneurs uh, using this. 
Okay, so so um, wh one of the things with the power of one, it's a very simple form that um, what we're, what they're trying to do is show you what you should be doing to just get a an incremental increase in cash in some way. So by changing one of those line items by one percent, what does it do to your company? So um, for an example, if you took a line that had, let's say, your cost of goods sold and, uh, um, and, and for, 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 uh, for service businesses, cost of sales. So you have contractors and, um, and, and that are out doing the work for you. If I could change that line by 1%, what would that do to my bottom line? Um, if I could change my revenue line by 1%, what would that do to my bottom line? How does it, so so if you have all your fixed costs taken care of, if this is it becomes a variable cost and it drops right down to your bottom line. So let me just give an example. If I have a hundred dollars cost and thirty three dollars are my variable cost, I'm dropping sixty seven dollars down to my bottom line. And until I hit that break even point, I may be dropping only ten dollars to the bottom line. But every dollar after I hit that break-even point is dropping straight to my bottom line. So taking this worksheet and putting in the numbers and then coming down to the bottom and changing one by one percent, um, I think uh, we were talking and, and I think that there, there was a $50,000 really quick fix yeah, you no, could well, make. Well, yeah, my, uh, the CFO just looked at it and he says, oh, I love this sheet. Let me, yeah, let me put that in. Okay, and it wasn't even a full percent. And he goes, okay. Yeah, and he goes, this simple thing, 50,000. And then we got going and I go, you know what? We gotta make some time for this because you know, I, I'm pretty motivated on this stuff. And uh, this is, again, you know, just making the time to do it is just so important. L let me, you know, one of the things that we're gonna do is we're gonna show you where you can get these resources and more. As a matter of fact, let's go to the next segment. book of the day and uh you know i, I would normally david i say you know what's your favorite book and you and i got together on scaling up Vern's new book and Vern was just on the podcast and you should listen to that podcast and Vern does a great job explaining what Vern's writing about but you know i, I want you know we're, we're working on cash you know what would be one uh you know a book that you would recommend to your peers that would help them not you know not uh, let's make it all entrepreneurial. Um, that would be really material because I mean you've had the privilege of working with so many entrepreneurs uh, and making a difference. Um, you know it's funny because um, we when people call uh, our our firm and um, hire one of our coaches and and want to bring them in and have them help them with uh, applying the gazelles concept or just whatever they're looking for for guidance and help with. Um, it's funny because they hire us a lot for scaling up and getting the scaling up principles, which is um, the 40 framework is how Vern refers to it. And, and when we're going into companies and starting to put that into place, there's always one problem that's overriding being able to getting your one page strategic plan completed. And that's the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni. Yeah, let me put it up on screen for those of you that are on the, the uh, video podcast. And we'll have all the links at AES Nation. This is a book that's been around. I mean, it's a it's pretty proven. I think uh, uh, 2002 it was out. And, and, and why do you recommend this one? I mean, everybody that's a, uh, David, everybody that's on you know, this podcast, 
has met at least one dysfunctional teams. And uh, I'm pretty sure all of us have been on it. Some of us have caused it along the way. But boy, when you get a team that's, you know, just working really well together, that's in the flow, that, I mean, we've all been on great teams. Uh, the difference is huge. H how can yeah. we use this book? Yeah, you know, you know, um, <laughs> I love your question because it just makes me chuckle a little bit. I've sat in the room with really good teams and sometimes people's perception of a really good team and the reality of a really good team are two uh, huge differences. I think Lencioni really nailed it when he wrote this book and just um, getting the, 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 to the root of the problem. It's really about um, helping people understand that there's five dysfunctions in a team and that first level is the trust level. And if we don't get the trust level within team and, and he's talking about vulnerability, um, I think vulnerability is really important. Like, hey, I made a mistake and it's, it's, not, it's my fault. Um, I didn't do what I was supposed to do and being candid because how many times have you ended up in a conversation that's a circle because somebody's going, I didn't do that. And they really did, but they won't admit it. And, you know, it just sucks up a lot of our time and energy. But then you don't get to the next stage, which is that conflict stage, which really allows people to have a debate. You know, uh, John, you and I are on the same team and I, you're the C, my CEO. And I could say, John, you know what? I disagree with you. And you don't get mad about that. You, you want me to say that. And you want me to say that and tell you why I disagree yeah, with you. I, I want to understand. And I mean, that's where value is created. Yes, and that's just a huge aspect of getting that commitment to some kind of results we're looking to get. And so getting that commitment stage, that's, that applies directly to the one-page strategic plan. If I'm putting things on my plan that aren't applicable because it's just um, crap I believe, and excuse my language, but it's just crap I believe instead of the reality of what we really have to get to, then it's really, really valuable to the uh, to the per the people on the team that this is really what we're striving for, and this is why we're striving for it. And so it gets that commitment level really high, and that's the third ream. And then again, people always talk to me when they're talking to me about hiring us for Gazelle's coaching. They're saying, "How do I get accountability into my company?" Well, you have to get trust, you have to have conflict, you have to get commitment, and then you can have accountability. And until you do all those things, you can't have accountability. I don't care what you try to do. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in Lencioni having helped a lot of companies that you can make up all the stories you want to believe, but you're not going to get it till you get up that ream. And then the top one he has up there is get results. And he talks about this book in several of his books, not just one. And um, I'm a huge fan of his. I'm a huge fan of Vern's. I'm a huge fan of Lencioni. I think that as an entrepreneur, I think these guys just nailed some of the problems really well that I encountered. And so it really spoke, all these books really speak well, to Well, this me. is one of the things I, I like, um, you know, really about you, David, and, and really Vern. I mean, so many of the gurus get caught up in their own stuff and it's just their stuff. Vern, what I love is he puts all of the best players together and you do too. And this is as entrepreneurs. I mean, this is one of the reasons why we created AES Nation, so we could have conversations directly with these people and get you thinking about it. You know, that we don't have to figure it all out ourselves. Uh, there's a lot of talented people out there. But let's go to the next segment. And that is the app.
application of the day. Tell me, you know, on your smartphone, what are you using? As a matter of fact, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to give you one thing that you're using that uh, you and I were talking about. And, and you know, we're over Skype. Uh, are you in a hotel room? I'm in a hotel room in San Diego. Yeah, using a mic, I mean, it's so rarely that any of us give Microsoft a positive mention. So I'm going to mention David and I both love our Surface Pro 3. I mean, it's just uh, these are phenomenal computers. And uh, I was commenting his webcam is you know, really great. And so, you know, if you're in, the, uh, in for a new tablet, definitely many people should check that out. But what else are you using that's really helping entrepreneurs? I would say that's probably my first one. I didn't even think of that one when you, you said my smartphone, so I went to my smartphone. But I think that one of the things that I help, help uh, when I'm talking to CEOs and I'm working with them as their coach and um, inside of their company, one of the things that I, I, I see them struggle with a lot is, is try, they're dealing with so many um, issues coming at them at one time and so a lot of them talk to me hey I'm I'm waking up in the middle of the night worried about a thing and what I tell them is, is a piece of advice that I received at some point in time it was just to jot these things down and so I just keep my phone next to my bed and I usually open up my notes section inside of my phone that comes with the phone, a little memo thing. Mm -hmm. And I just start jotting these things down and I just keep a list. And then I sort of prioritize that list on what's important to me and what's not. Sometimes what's important to me at two o'clock in the morning when it wakes me up isn't the thing that's important to me tomorrow. So it drops down on the list a little bit. But what it does is this stuff um, clears your mind so you can go back to sleep because now it's documented and your mind rests and you can go back to sleep then. No, that's great. And it's one, you know, whatever you use, everybody should do that. And let me go to the next segment, which is resources. And David, um, I'm gonna pull up your website here. Tell, tell us a little bit about Assured Strategies. Okay, so uh, we're, we're a coaching um, firm, and what we do is we're the ones who go in and help people implement the Gazelle system. So where you heard from Vern, and he's talking about the tools, and I'm one of his 150 coaches out there. Our firm, we're, we're in the process. We have three uh, certified coaches right now in our firm. We're certifying three more right now. Um, we're primarily in the southwest region of the United States, but we have clients all over over the country and what we do is we're the we're the guys that go in and help you learn how to execute so what we say to people is look I had all these consultants come into my company too okay and they would come in fix a problem hand me the solution and walk out the door um, that's not helping me I sucked at execution I had too many things on my mind I couldn't focus my attention and so what we're doing is we're not going to solve your problems we're gonna teach you how to execute because we don't want to become a permanent fixture in your business what we want to do is become your partner and help you learn how to do this and you execute the tools and then you and your team your executive team own this instead of us owning it and then walking out the door and you hear a sucking sound as you're walking out the door. You know, all of us as entrepreneurs had this happen and when I started 
creating the firm and putting the people together, I think this is one of the things we really want to get out to people. And really what we're here for is to, to um, help entrepreneurs find their freedom again. And that's really what we're trying to do. And through the execution disciplines, you will have your freedom. And it's funny because um, a lot of the entrepreneurs we work with go, you know, I read this in the Scaling Up book and I sort of laughed because I didn't believe it. And then they start doing this and they get their freedom back and they're going, I would have never believed that spending two hours on some disciplined activities every day frees me for the rest of the day so I don't have to be involved in every little aspect of my No, this is, I mean, we all want to build elegant and simple businesses, support our quality of life, and this really does it. One thing I'm going to put up on the screen, David, and maybe just a point on I'm going to, uh, is the scalingup.com. This is the uh, for the book, and we had promised that they could go ahead and get uh, these tools. So you can go to scalingup.com, go to the tools, and this is one of the things that impressed you know, me about the whole organization is you know, there I've got on the screen the four different drivers of success here as entrepreneurs. But if you go to cash, the tools that we talked about, you can go ahead and download. And, you know, they're in a bunch of languages and everything. And we, we talked about the cash acceleration strategy and the power of one. So, uh, David, I mean, this is... You know, you guys have done an amazing job. And let me go to the last segment and bring it all together for our viewers and listeners. Okay. I've been taking a lot of notes. And I, I can tell you, I'm working with my team implementing a lot of this stuff, too. So uh, this is very heartfelt. This is why I wanted to have David on to share the message that, you know, th there's so much opportunity for us, and we're so busy doing business, we sometimes forget about these drivers. I mean, most of us are pretty good at strategy, or at least have thought about it. We've thought about, you know, our people, and, you know, certainly we can run into dysfunctional challenges, but we, you know, we can work on that. We can go ahead, it's you know, executing. Most of us are quick starters, we execute. But cash, you know, it's kind of something we feed when we have to. And boy, you know, all of us have probably have partners. We may have been venture backed. We may have had to raise more money. To the extent that you don't need to do that and you can self fund the growth that you're going to have by doing this all well, it's amazing. So, you know, number one, uh, think of cash in each of those valleys of death that David described. I mean, it's so important to look at where you are and how you're going to have the cash to get through. Second, spend some time on the forms that we talked about, particularly understanding the cash conversion cycle as it relates to your business. Yes. Three, speed up those cycles. You know, work with your team. How can you speed them up? And I, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I just did with my COO and CFO. I'm going to get the whole senior team together, and then we're going to go beyond because, I, I mean, there were some great ideas. Eliminating mistakes, big. There's so many opportunities for us and then improving our business model so that we can support the growth that we want to have so that we can make this difference in the world. Uh, David, you know, great job. Really appreciate the work you're doing. I uh, encourage everyone to look at all the resources, and, including David's company, on how you can execute all this. You know, your clients, your future clients, your future strategic partners, they're all counting on you. Don't let them down. Build that simple and elegant business that never runs out of cash. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.